Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less than stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Thank you for joining me again on the K2 Sales Podcast. Want to talk to you today about the importance of leading indicators versus lagging indicators and what they are. And, and really, you know, lagging indicators are indicators after the fact. So why did we lose the deal? And, and we can look, you know, in the rear view mirror. And of course, hindsight's 2020. But leading indicators are signs along the way that if we can just stop and check in and figure out what's, where are we, where are we tracking, where are we a little bit off where we should be and where are we ahead and really being mindful and having a heightened self-awareness and, you know, watching our happy years of, of truly getting a, a pulse as to what's going on so that if we are not where we want to be, how can we course correct in the moment versus waiting till the end and having this as a learning moment? So I want to talk to you today about three areas that we can really focus on. And there are way more than three. So these are just the three that I, I've chosen today. I'd love to hear if you have others that you would... Uh, inject into the list. But the first three I would say are uh, reflection. So self-reflection. The second one is feedback. And the third one is a sales process. And so these are things you can do yourself to get in front and in control of your deal to make it more predictable and understand what you are doing that's contributing to success and what you're not doing that's costing you the deal or stalling the deal or delaying the deal. So that we can really start creating more predictable, more repeatable experiences. And we're not always reinventing the wheel. And so the first part in reflection is, you know, we have to be really honest with ourselves. And so if we've gotten off the phone with a discovery, a virtual discovery, or, you know, an in-person meeting, what, what is our reflective process after to ask ourselves the tough questions and the honest questions of how did that really go? You know, not what do I want to hear? You know, be really truthful with yourself and what what did you do well and really command yourself, celebrate what you did well, absolutely, and know what they are. And how did you know that those were successful? Was it, you know, the your prospect was leaning in more? They they said they that they commended you on those questions. What was it that really was a physical verifier that you did do well? And conversely, what where's an opportunity for for improvement? And so do you have some form of process? And so I'll just share when I worked in corporate, you know, every time I would have a meeting, I would go in my car and I would reflect, I would sit there and I was very honest with myself and I would, I would talk to myself out loud. So people thought I was on the phone, but I always <laughs> talked to myself. So no shame there. And I would just be very honest and say, you did that very well. So you, you know, you engage them well, whatever I did well. But you know what? You you didn't pause long enough there and they were going to speak more and, and just whatever it was. And sometimes it's embarrassing in the moment and just like, oh, because you're angry at yourself. But if you can acknowledge it and really increase that self-awareness and and write it down, what's going to happen is you're more you're getting in front of it. You're more aware that you're doing these things. And you also see the impact. Okay, because I didn't ask that question, I didn't get the second meeting. 
because I didn't un- ask who else is, you know, part of the decision, um, who, who, what, what kind of internal process do they follow? I'm still on the outside looking in. So there's an impact to me, uh, not, not reflecting and not understanding what's happening. And I'm kind of, you know, left on the outside looking in. So just that frustration on my end and on your end is enough to really heighten your self-awareness and, and also understand why am I not doing that? You know, and oftentimes we're so quick to throw our prospects under the bus and they didn't do this and they didn't share this. And, you know, we also have to shine the mirror on us and say, did I ask that tough question? Did I schedule a meeting with the C-suite? Did I talk about the experience that we as a company faced last year and it's still in, in the media? And why? You know, because a lot of times we're leading with fear and, and underlining emotion with fear is there's an insecurity there. And so it might be within us. We may be adding friction to the process unbeknownst to us. So how can you really quiet your mind and create a safe space for yourself to connect and say, what is happening here? Why am I not asking these questions? Why am I pushing through and, and not inviting them to keep talking and, and me just can, you know, focusing on the next question. Why am I creating such a sense of speed and urgency? Why can't I just slow down? And sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a message in there with us as to why we're doing it. And only then when we understand why we're doing it, we can get in front of it. But that heightened awareness has to be there. And so when I worked in corporate, I would have a few questions I would ask myself after every call. I would go in my car and I would write notes, right? When it was hot off the press, it was fresh. And I would congratulate and celebrate when I did something well. And I would note what that was. And I would also note how I knew it was well, how I knew it was, w- it was well received. Did they say, you know, great question? Did they smile? Like, I really wanted to be intentional with, okay, when I do this, they do that. Otherwise, I'm leaving it up to hope and chance. So I wanted to know what I was doing that was allowing me to move forward, but also what I was doing that was preventing me or slowing the deal down. And so when we when we understand that, as I mentioned, we can we can get more in front of it. And the two questions I would always ask myself were, did I add value and would they pay for this call? And if I couldn't answer that, then I would I would really look deep and say, why didn't I? You know, was I, and sometimes it might have been, I've just had an off day. And a lot of it is just, do you get, what mindset do you get into before you walk in that door? Are you on social media the the last five minutes before a meeting or are you intentional? Are you in the moment? Are you in your buyer's seat and thinking about what their, what their day, what's going on with their day, what they hope to get out of me and just be very intentional. So the first point is really reflect. And, and be very truthful with yourself. What, what did I do well? Great. Celebrate that. Good job. Keep doing that. And where is there opportunity for improvement? And then to take that one a step further, why? Why am I doing that? Why is it within me? Is it something that I need to dig deeper in? But if we can't create a safe space and look inward, we're not going to come to that awareness. And we're just going to keep doing it and kind of thinking, oh, the buyer, they always do that. And they, they hate salespeople. And meanwhile, it might actually be you. You may be the one that's, you know, adding friction to the process, but we'll never figure that out unless we can really look inward, pause and connect with yourself. And so that's the first one is really have a reflective process after any kind of customer engagement so that you can see what's contributing to both the pluses and the minuses. And the second one is feedback. So 
beyond reflection, who can you go to, whether it's a peer, a boss, a mentor, a coach, and somebody, and just walk them through the deal, the situation. And they're coming in with completely impartial, fresh set of eyes. So when you're telling your side of the story, there's emotion and there's bias, but they're hearing it and they're just saying, wow, you, you really said that? You really did that? Or they did that? <laughs> and you think, is that bad? Is that wrong? But you're getting neutrality here is what you want. So who can you talk to that's going to give you feedback? And, and someone who's perhaps done that before, because again, when we're coaching, we're, all, we're inviting our, you know, our, our audience to come up with a conclusion and, and the insights themselves and the awareness. But sometimes we actually need to teach them a little bit and say, you know, here's an opportunity here. And this is what, you know, worked for me in the past. It may not work for you, but just offer suggestions. So I would say to build on the reflection that's within yourself, you know, also seek out feedback, advice, support from others who are doing it. And they may share a tactic, a strategy, an approach with a similar customer, similar situation that you've never thought about. And this is a great, for sales leaders listening, this is a great opportunity, you know, for your team to do that. And this is kind of where those account plans come into is to what, how are others breaking through? How are others gaining access? How are others getting the required commitments to change in like accounts where your other reps can leverage? So how can you leverage and get feedback to really give you the tools to move forward? And the third one is evaluating your sales process against the buyer's journey. And this is a critical one because first of all, I would ask you, do you, do you have a sales process? Um, Cause a lot of people don't. So it's basically what's your predictable path from top of funnel, getting people into the funnel all the way to closing. And more importantly, is that aligned with the buyer's journey, the way in which your buyers buy, because it's constantly changing. And so we have to overlap those two. And for the most part, you know, the stages are going to be pretty similar and they're never linear. They're going back and forth. But really, if you can understand and really look tactically at the activities or the commitments that are required within each stage. So if you think about it, you know, I need to do A, B, C, D, E to get the green light to move to the next stage. It's very objective. You either did it or you didn't, but it's a good way for you to look at these leading indicators because it's, it's a bit of a checklist. If I've done this based on past experience, based on similar buyers, based on timing of deal, this should give me access to the next stage. And if it stalls, if it's, you know, there's changes then I have to go back and say, okay, what did I not do here? And if I missed a commitment, it's easy to see. The challenge here is it's always iterative. So what worked in one deal may not work in all deals. So you still have to, you know, lean into your curiosity and look at the deal strategically and say, okay, I've, I've hit all my five commitments that worked in past deals. I may have to come up with a sixth or seventh because it's, there's so many variables ongoing. But if you have a starting point of the activities, the commitments required to get you to the next point, it's, it's very objective as to what do I need to do and then you can go back and say, okay, what did I not do? Why am I stopped here? And there's a few key elements here that will really make or break the deal. You know, and, and a few that come top of mind are if you're single threaded, if you're talking to only one person, you know, you're going to cut your deal size in more than half. Because think about what happens. You have all your eggs in one basket. If that person leaves, if that person goes on vacation, your point of communication stops. So things like that, even though you're gaining all the commitments, but you're doing it with one person, that's not enough. What about response time? So think about when people reach out to you, you know, and, and aligning your response time with their energy. When they reach out to you for the first time, 
they're frustrated. Like they have a problem. They're, they're in that awareness stage. And so what is your response time? Are you meeting them at that heightened level of frustration, that energy? When they want to talk to somebody, they're like, yeah, this, our system doesn't work. I need to talk to somebody who can help me. And it's three days before you respond to them. They're no longer on that frustrated point. They, they, that state, they moved on to another priority, another initiative. So how can you meet them where they're at and align your energy? And conversely, you know, this is back to your sales process. You know, what, what's your turnaround time? Like, what is your response time from that first inquiry, whether it's a phone call, whether it's on your website, but even then, you know, you've had a demo and the emotion again is high because they're excited. They see the future state. They feel like, yeah, you guys, you guys can take us there. We're excited. We're, we're liberated. You know, we can leave all the frustration, the past. What's the time in between that demo and you issuing a proposal? Again, you want to you want to anchor and align yourself with their heightened energy. They're excited here. If you wait, you know, there's potential to delay, stall, and they're going to drop the energy. And again, they're moving on to the next priority. So these may seem like small things, but we definitely want to look at aligning our energy with where the prospects are at and really meeting them where they're at single threaded, you know, what kinds of questions are we asking them? Are we really probing and getting in front of status quo and, and, and having these tough questions about the cost of inactivity? What happens if you do nothing? If you just, you know, at the end of six months, you, you don't, you don't change solutions, what happens? Okay. So, well, initially you mentioned this was the, you know, the, the challenge you were trying to, to, to work through by the end of the year. So how does, how does you doing nothing impact that challenge and sitting on it and being okay with it? So there's certain commitments and activities required at each stage that really do allow you to move forward or not. The leading indicators are if you've forgotten them and you've stalled a bit, you still can course correct. But if you wait till the very end, it's still positive to have a lesson, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather still have a chance to stay in the game? So really looking at the leading indicators from reflection, you know, really looking inward, being very honest with yourself. Don't tell yourself the story you want to hear. Be truthful. And you know what? You, you dropped the ball there. You didn't ask this. You talked to one person only. You pitched too quickly. You didn't get to impact. You don't know the cost. Of, be honest with yourself because you'll never make that mistake again. So really reflect. Also, what, where am I holding my punches? Why? Why am I afraid to ask that? Why does that make me feel insecure, uncomfortable? Okay, because it probably doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. It's on you. So really lean into that. Why is that happening? Uh, the second one is really, again, solicit feedback. Who else can help you? Who else has been in a similar situation that can give you some insight, some tactics, perhaps something that you've never thought about that you can try in your accounts? And the third one is really aligning your sales process with the buyer's journey. And ensuring there's overlap so that your message is timely, it resonates, and you truly are meeting them where they're at. And things to really look for is, you know, single threading, gaining the right commitments, acknowledging that they have a problem in the first place, and, and again, aligning your energy with their energy so that there's momentum and, and you're moving that deal forward, responding to the energy they're at. So those are the three I recommend. Again, I would say there's more than three. So feel free to, to share more if you've come up with more and, and let us know what they are and how they're working out. But again, to stay in the game and really increase your chances of winning, let's look at the leading indicators so we don't have to always learn the hard way. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the K2 Sales Podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our weekly sales insights are geared towards sales reps, leaders, and small business owners to help navigate the complexity of modern-day sales. Our tactical takeaways help you put a plan in place to start creating your own game-changing results. Until next time, happy selling. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.